When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Live and Let Merge sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Live and let merge. I was going to go with some golfers are livid. <laughs> I'd like. I would like to trademark capital L I V small I D and have like Maury McElroy and some of the others wearing it around the course. What did McElroy say? I still hate live and I hope it goes away or hope it dies or whatever. Rory spoke on Wednesday morning right before we we recorded this, and I actually thought his. I thought he was very reasonable. What he said was he feels like he you know he feels a little betrayed. Obviously, he staked his reputation on uh, on. On the PGA Tour and its moral authority, but he also said he understands that in the grand scheme for golf and for golfers, this is probably ends up being a better setup. So, you know, personally, he said he, he feels upset, but he said that at taking himself out of it, he understands the motivations. All right. Can I just ask someone to put on big boy pants for a second? Can, hmm. I, can we go with the big boy pants? Uh, yes. The, the moral authority of the PGA Tour... Are I don't care what Ma- Jay Monahan said. I don't care <laughs> what the broadcast partners say. You're going to listen to these folks, and you're going to emerge from the room saying this for-profit enterprise is going to have a moral authority, and you're going to lean on that and say, I'm behind the PGA Tour, not those bad guys over there, and then be surprised when the suitcase is full of money <laughs> and Eben Novi Williams, Eben Novi Williams, Novi underscore Williams on the Twitter made his op-ed debut today mm-hmm. on Sportico. Joe, check it out. You know it's always all about the money. You know the money's going to win out. I mean, Woodward and Bernstein were not a twosome playing up Augusta <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. You know, but they are, their adage of follow the money is true of politics. It's true of business. And it's true of sports. You knew that the endless pool of money was going to win. You cannot compete with an endless pool of money. 
And he was really, really buying into the notion of the moral high ground of the PGA Tour while all of his cohorts are going and making bank with Liv. Come yeah, on. I, I mean, I, I obviously agree with you. T- to, to me, this is a, a marriage of convenience where both sides get what they want, right? The PGA Tour gets to be the voting majority. They get to appoint the, appoint the majority of the board as well. They get to be the power, operational power of a global commercial professional golf enterprise, right? It is more power for the PGA Tour today or when this deal gets done than they had a month ago. And uh, they get unlimited backing. And, and, and what Liv and, and what PIF and the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, what they get is they get the ability to provide that funding, right? This is what both sides wanted. Liv wanted a, a PGA wanted more power and, and more say over global professional golf, check. Um, and PIF certainly seemed like it wanted to be the money source behind uh, a large chunk of, of professional uh, global golf. And and they got that as well. Um, and, and to me, yeah, Scott, the, the, the big moral here is if you're willing to spend to lose billions of dollars, which is what it seemed like, at least in the near term, PIF was going to do with Live Golf. Uh, you can buy pretty much anything, right? The, I was I was joking with a friend of mine yesterday. I wish that I wish PIF wanted my apartment, right? <laughs> I would sell it in a heartbeat, right? Like yep. the, if you're going to overvalue things, or if you're willing to kind of throw unlimited but money, the, you at know how something, I always bring things to real estate. You can always Evan, buy something, but there is an equivalent in real estate, and, and you know I always bring it to this when Bruce Ratner wanted to bring the Barclays Center to Brooklyn. Hmm. The, I mean, I understand you get displaced, whatever, <laughs> but if you were in his way and you had a one-bedroom apartment or you were one of the lucky ones, like those who sold early did okay. Yeah. Those who held out and were blocking the big project, they made bank. That's it. I have something you need and want, and the PJ Tour, it's sort of the respectability, it, it, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the influence. And Liv had the the money to make it happen. I am in no way, shape, or form surprised that it wound up the way it did. A little faster than I thought it would. But looking at it from sort of your Harvard Business case study, if I'm the PGA Tour, if I'm the players, aren't you looking back and saying, why was it so easy? I understand money, but why was it so easy to come and take my players? What were they so unhappy about? Were their deaf ears on... And we saw the changes. All of a sudden, the changes were made and Massive, more money was found yeah. for the players. Boy, that happened fast. That was the failure here, that a, that a system uh, uh, was created whereby your most important product, the players, were left to feel like they needed a better option. That was the failure here. And I think that that is also a money thing, right? When, when yes. you offer Dustin Johnson $200 million contract, which which the PGA Tour was never going to do, you're probably going to lose Dustin Johnson. I, I, one of the big questions I have, Scott, and we should say that this announcement came out yesterday. We have There's no real deal points here yet. We, we have no idea yeah. exactly how this thing is structured. How much money is PIF getting in? How much equity are they owning? There, there's, there's still a lot of questions we need to see. One of the big questions, I think, on the player side is is what happens with those big live contracts, right? That yep. Justin Johnson signed a, a 200, let's say it's a $200 million contract that was over a series of years. That contract is not fully paid yet. Do, do they get that money paid out? Do they? Is it a, is it a wash as they work to re reintegrate a lot of these players back into the kind of PGA Tour European Tour Paging system? Mike McCann contract law. 
so many questions I think that 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 that, that have to happen here, and, and and especially we can go back to Rory for a second. Rory and Tiger, who were the two probably the two most vocal and biggest yep. names that stayed. Um, I would assume, and and Tiger's number I think was like eight hundred million dollars. I yes, assume they, they got massive offers from Live Golf that they turned down, and and if those players get paid out on their way back in, I imagine they'll feel some sort of way as well. So not just on the top tier money side, but on the player money side, there's a whole bunch of questions here that need to be answered. And, and I imagine no matter which way it breaks, there's going to be a whole class of players that feel like they were done wrong by the way this thing laid out. All right. Let me look through my uh, my text messages here because I'm trying to find a guy in this, uh, a very smart guy involved in sports business. Don't want to use his name. He <laughs> says here, this is this is just his take right away. This is what I woke up to. Okay. Smart man, sports business, been around a lot of deals, etc. The top 10 golfers in the world, Tiger, Rory, is Tiger top 10? No, but you get it. Tiger, Rory, Spieth, Scheffler, Rahm, Thomas, whatever, etc. should all sit out next season and only play the majors. That's all anyone wants to play or watch anyway. And they are rich enough to do it. And then let's see how the new tour does. Laughing money tongue emoji and a hmm thinky emoji. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting proposition. Again, because we're talking about money wins, there's going to be more money for 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 golfers now, right? Playing the 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 the, the June Honda Classic uh, is probably going to pay you more in in two years than it did this year, uh, and certainly more than it did two years ago because of the way all this played out. So, certainly, I'd imagine a lot of those golfers are probably pretty upset, but. The, the the other the other half to this deal and, and this is what R- Rory was alluding to I think the other half of this deal is that there's probably going to be a lot more money filtering to golfers as part of it and, and this is Jay Monahan who's the the PGA Tour commissioner will be CEO of this new combined entity this is the thing that he keeps coming back to I think it is the right rhetorical approach for him which is that for for an, a, a group in the PGA Tour that ostensibly and we can debate this, represents the the PGA Tour professionals and the golfers, uh, he just struck a deal that is going to pay those golfers a significantly more amount of money moving forward. I'm sticking with like the NFL players had to give to get more money. They needed to play a 17th game. Yeah. I want to see the live golfers be adamant. We're only playing 54 holes. That's it. <laughs> I'm out on Saturday. My work is done here. I'm, I'm three shots up on Saturday. I want to get paid. Bye-bye. Yeah. That's the point I want to negotiate. But hey, I mean, there's so many tentacles of this. What about the sponsors? And of course, we haven't really seen it. Right? I want to go right to FedEx because it's obviously a top sponsor of the PGA Tour. In a time or at a time when Bud Light sees its problem, Target seeing its problem, I'm FedEx. Are my customers okay with me being the title sponsor with an entity doing business with MBS? I don't know if it's yes. I don't know if it's why. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just guessing that none of the sponsors were consulted because they did, uh, from a journalism standpoint, by the way, kudos to keeping it as quiet as you did. I mean, kudos, like very, very, very well done. That's a small circle of folks who managed to to keep their mouths shut. Um, but you also had to, the downside of that, you had to blindside your partners. And they're going to have to answer questions to their shareholders, to their customers, uh, I'm curious to see which sponsors speak out and say, this is not what I signed up for. I should have been consulted. I pay you a lot of money. Uh, don't make unilateral decisions like this. You were talking earlier about the about the moral authority that the PGA Tour and some of its players were were, were preaching over the past year and a half. Um, I, some of that definitely applies to sponsors as well, right? And, and the, the truth is that once this deal closes, there is really no way to be involved in professional golf anywhere 
without at least tacitly accepting or understanding or siding the Asian tour. You can play on the Asian tour. And we'll see. We'll see where that one ends up. (laughs) Um, But there's really no way to be involved in this enterprise anymore without at least kind of cozying up to and, and understanding your, 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 your acceptance of money coming directly from the Saudi state. Uh, so, so I think that, yeah, that is the sponsors are going to be a really interesting one here as well. Cause again, the same, same conversation about the players, the value of these sponsorships just went up, right? Yep. Uh, in, in the same way that players are going to get paid more, there's probably going to be a bigger commercial opportunity for sponsors as well. So that same kind of push and pull of, I don't like this, but the business is about to go soaring. I do think exists to sponsors as well. Scott, one thing I want to kind of broaden this conversation out and hear your thoughts on is, you know, this comes at a time when PIF, the same sovereign wealth fund is uh, spending a lot of money trying to lure some of the biggest soccer players in the world to come play in the Saudi uh, domestic Karim league. Benzema. Yes. Uh, the, the same fund just bought Newcastle United. Um, it is clear that uh, the the Saudi aspirations in sports are not just professional golf. Um, and, and it does feel like this is a playbook, maybe not directly in the live golf kind of way. Um, but I imagine this is a conversation talking about doing business with MBS, doing business with the Saudi state that is going to become bigger and bigger uh, as it has already over the past year, just across global sports in general. This will certainly act as an accelerator to the expansion of Saudi investors into U.S. sport, hmm. uh, without a doubt. It's it's okay who was going to break the ice, right? When we when we reported first that the NBA was going to be opening up to outside sources of capital, sovereign wealth funds being among them, one of the questions I had was, okay, well, is anybody omitted from the list? Is any sovereign wealth fund omitted from the list? And the answer was like, not, not, not expressly, no. <laughs> However... Case-by-case case basis. <laughs> yeah, my, my case-by-case case basis, and to which I believe we hypothesized, okay, Tomasic probably has a better chance than Piff. However, now, the door is, what do you say? Is the door, is this a, is this a crack? Is this a, is this in a jar or is this a kicked open? What, what, what are we saying about the door here? I, I think this is sort of a cracked, you know, you know I'm going to wait, wait, let me, I'm going to give you a metaphor from my life. I'm going to give you a metaphor. Anyone who has a cat understands this one. It's, it's the crack but the cat uses its head and kind of, it's not a, like a human kicking that thing in and the, and the door frame breaks. This is the cat pushing it open to a decent mm. amount where any large size, mid-sized animal can certainly get its way in. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and this conversation is exactly, largely, I think, what the, what the, what the aim is for, for the Saudi PIF fund, right? It is uh, a, a money-losing venture in live without question. Probably a money losing venture in whatever this new golf thing is, at least at the very, very start. But a, a group that seems very willing to spend that money because of all the other things it opens up. And if it does open up the opportunity to buy 10% of the, I'm just spitballing here, the Washington Wizards, um, then I think you start to see return in, in, in a different kind of way. Uh, so, so I at think a this conversation. billion dollar valuation. <laughs> I think this conversation is exactly the the direction. I saw some people speculating on Twitter. I think it's an interesting thought thought experiment about you know is everything in global sports for sale and 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 the I guess maybe the yes. the, the more broader hypothetical if the, and PIF has six hundred and twenty billion dollars under management, Scott, if they went to the NBA and wanted to buy it for two hundred billion, 
So a three X on every team's valuation, roughly, if you look at Sportico's valuations, uh, is that on the table? I, I think it's an interesting kind of thought experiment in light of yesterday's news. Can I make fun of Kurt Bodenhausen for a second? Please. And this is no fault of Kurt, but when the Ottawa Senators sell for a billion plus, <laughs> we're going to have to three X the Sportico valuations yeah. themselves <laughs> and say maybe that six hundred billion the, ain't the working. The Suns didn't do that already. The, this is the ultimate. Something is worth what somebody's willing to pay. And I know yeah, Gary exactly. Bettman has his issues with valuations. I'm like Gary. We publish our methodology. You can look at it. We understand that somebody, for whatever reason, whether it's head over or heart over head, whether it's scarcity, we get it. Somebody may want to far overpay what we think this is worth. Okay, we get it, and that will recalibrate. What we will not do is artificially recalibrate our valuations to assess for what we think might happen. We're going to wait for it to actually happen. All right. I don't know. That was a little tangent of me getting angry on Gary for a second, uh, which I'm allowed to because, but we should tell everybody, I'm in LA right now for yep. our, our women's conference, and I had a great shot set up. Like, this is your standard Marriott desk shot. I'm not in love with it. Like, and it looks a little goofy in the back of the headrests there. I had a great shot with crypto, right? I mean, I'm at LA Live, crypto right outside the window. And I looked like I was in uh, witness protection because of the <laughs> yeah, sun yeah. backlighting Backlit, me. Yeah, you yeah, were the I first feel, person to testify against a Mexican yeah, if our, drug if our lord. Cords, yeah. <laughs> if our cords weren't so flimsy and maybe I'd like just short this whole thing out, I'd turn it to look, but I'm, I, I just can't do it. So maybe I'm a little grumpy because of that because I thought I was doing something really creative. And, you know, you'd like it and our digital media editor core development would like it. And we all both said, nah, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, can I use my 30, 30 years in the business to put my Kreskin hat on? Please, by the way, please. All right, thank you. Is there any doubt now that there will be the PGA LPGA merger? Mm, that's Women's funny. I was, was thinking about that next. this morning. Yeah, you were. Where, where does LPGA fit in all of this? Right. Um, this is where it fits. <laughs> Roll it on up. That's where it fits. Yeah, and 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 you can. There's obviously a whole can of worms around around Saudi involvement in that as as, as well for obvious reasons. Um, but yes, th this is the. And, and maybe I should have qualified. This is the the global professional golf hegemon for men's golf, right? Not yet there hegemon. for women. Um, yeah, I'm using big words here to uh, to describe how powerful this, this new this new entity is. Hegemon. Okay. Um, but yes, it does. It does. You could certainly see the LPGA fitting in here from a synergy standpoint and just from a business opportunity. If speaking of business opportunities, nothing final. Nothing final. And while uh, Liv is certainly spending handsomely to collect some of the best soccer players in the world, we've mentioned mm -hmm. Ronaldo and Al Nasser and, and Kareem Benzema, uh, Liv did buy for the top clubs in the Saudi league. Um, you would think that Lionel Messi would be a high target on that list. Uh, certainly would legitimize, uh, further legitimize, excuse me, uh, what they're doing. However... It seems that Senor Messi, Piefieres, uh, Miami. Uh, the, so there is a report, and again, not done yet, that Lionel Messi will be headed to Inter Miami, teaming with Jorge Mas and David Beckham. You can be sure that this may this deal and Beckham signed the ultimate deal, right? Twenty five mil. Oh yeah, for the right to you know. So if 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 Messi can get what. 20% of the franchise, 20% equity. What do, you, what do you think? What do you need to give up to get Lionel Messi to come to MLS right now and turn down Barca, turn down 400 plus million per year uh, in Saudi? What do you have to do to get Messi? And what further, furthermore, if it happens, 
what does it do for MLS? Yeah, so so for the first question, there's been some reporting that that he has potentially been offered, um, and, and and I have not heard this personally, but but potentially been offered a chunk of the revenue sharing from the Apple deal, and also a potential chunk of I'm not, sales. I'm not sure that's at all that big a number. <laughs> sales increases under Adidas, right? So think of that as kind of like a commission signing in some ways. That yeah. the commercial boost that the league is going to get via jersey sales and via people signing up to watch him. Um, via Apple, just kind of directly, a, a chunk of that goes directly into his pocket. Um, Mansana. We, we, we would not be surprised if there's some equity involved as well. There is a beautiful through line, and you mentioned it there with, with Beckham, that if he does come to Inter-Miami, he is coming to the team that David Beckham launched as part of that original MLS contract, which, as you said, Kudos gave him the to right David to an the expansion there, team boy. Yep. for $25 million, right? It was shortly after New York City paid $100 million, Beckham and his partners got to pay 25 Five million. Uh, so th- there is some. There is a nice little synergy there between what I would say, Scott, are the two. If Messi does come again, the two most impactful MLS signings probably ever. Right? I mean, maybe Freddie Adu jumps in that bucket, even though the, the what it turned out to was maybe not what people expected. But the amount of buzz around. David Beckham coming to this league towards the end of his career, I think probably gets overshadowed, to be totally honest, by by Leo Messi leaving Paris Saint-Germain and deciding to, at a time when other people seem to be interested, right? It's not just the Saudis. Top clubs in the world really uh, the want him right now. Top clubs yeah. in the world are interested. His decision to come to, to Inter-Miami. So I think this is, a, a, a again, I, I'm not a huge fan of MLS kind of trying to lure some aging stars, but this is a different animal. And this is a, this is a huge moment for the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if he does come sort of what the bounce is. What is the Messi bounce? It's, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you an alliteration like Beckham bounce. <laughs> what is the what is Messi mountain? How high yeah. is Messi <laughs> the mountain? Messi meteor, How yeah. high do you pile the cash around Messi mountain to scale uh, Mount Lionel? Um, sponsor value certainly goes up. Just sort of appreciation of the asset itself, the team itself goes up. Every uh, affiliation goes up. Does But does it does it stick? How sticky is it all that I mean I would watch but how I don't know am I watching every game am I buying season tickets not not sure but certainly a good market uh, for him and by the way also stadium real estate transaction as we've said the teams are just ten pulls to other things yeah be nice to have Messi involved in the market in every other every other ten pull whether it's media finance real estate we say it all the time certainly helps to have. Uh, Messi alongside David Beckett and Jorge Mas. And it shows a very divergent path between the the Messi and Ronaldo comparisons, right? That have that yeah. have happened throughout their entire careers for Ronaldo to take a, a, a huge chunk of money to, to seemingly end his career or, or spend a chunk of the end of his career in Saudi Arabia. And then for Messi to decide not to go that route to take, again, what I assume is a large chunk of money, but in a different way to play in Miami, just very divergent paths for the, the, the two most famous, two of the three most famous athletes in the world right now. All right, let's just switch focus here to the WNBA story that our Emily Karen broke. And again, it's, it's again, the money winning. <laughs> you know, you want to invest <laughs> in the Chicago sky. Uh, you got 10 million? No bueno. 20? Nope. 30? Nope. Keep going. Yeah, and we actually played when when Emily told us this story was coming. <clears throat> you and I played the okay. What's the valuation going to be on the club? I said sixty. Did I say sixty? I think you said sixty. Yeah, I said sixty million. Emily went. I think a little. Was she Low, a little lower? Lower. I think, she was yeah. at fifty or fifty-five wow, million. Just... 
And shame on me, Eben Novi Williams chimed in with $85 million valuation. I, for one of, you know, I have many reasons to call you out of your mind. Uh, and, I, and I took this one to say you're out of your mind at $85 million. And then Emily kind of texted us and said, uh, bullseye, baby. Like, there's, no, there's no reason to have these conversations, you said. Just let me guess and I'll get it. Right on, but at eighty-five million dollar valuation, Laura Ricketts among the new investors. They sold ten percent of the team, took in eight point five million dollars. So even I can do that math. Eighty-five million dollar valuation, uh, second in league history to the Seattle Storm. Looking at infrastructure investment. Hello, real estate. What else can we do and make part of the community? So uh, another team, another women's league, another women's team, cementing roots at big money valuations and i think you and i both see it only going higher yeah it's a, it's, a, it's another data point to, to conversations we've had on this show a lot it makes me think back to when jess berman the the, the commissioner of the nwsl was on the show a few months ago right there is a there is a huge momentum here uh and it is not just for any specific league right this is you're talking wmba valuations get, getting close to or in in the seattle case at least already over 100 million dollars the nwsl angel city also been valued over a hundred million dollars in a funding round. The the women's cricket teams, Scott, which we talked about. You a few love months this. Ago, this is your go-to data point. This is your go-to it, data point. Four of those five, I believe, sold for for over a hundred million dollars. The the inaugural teams, which began play either this season or or, or next season, um, it, it's women's sports all over the globe, right? That are seeing these these massive massive revenue jumps and 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 valuation increases. Uh, so it, it's a great for for the for the W obviously. Um, it's also really great for I think anyone else who is already invested or is thinking about investing in in, in women's sports in some capacity. Let's look forward. What do we used to say? Well, you know, NFL teams really expensive, so you know maybe you can buy an NBA team. And then it was all right. Well, NBA teams are really expensive. Maybe your get in is the NHL. They well, the NHL teams are really expensive. You're like well. Maybe you want to start with MLS. Like we hear bankers, if you're going to get involved, well, here's value. You can get into lower price point, maybe MLS. Okay, well, you know what? That's getting up there now. Maybe you can do WNBA. Well, maybe you can do NWSL. I think we're now down to the pickleball, right? <laughs> if you, if you, you want to be involved pickle in sports, and yeah, you pickle battle. Like, where do I want to go? And by the way, that is also like, what, what was our dude perfect? Five mil? What was yeah, that? I can't remember exactly. I, Something I like that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah in, in, five in, mil valuation sounds right. Yeah. I think it was a five mil valuation. All right, so now even even there, now what's next? What 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 am I looking at? What's the next tech ball? Tech, you know, my my favorite sweatshirt, my orange yeah. tech ball sweatshirt <laughs> that everybody asks me, what is that? I'm like, imagine soccer on a ping pong table. That's what tech ball is. Yeah, go kill yourself trying to do that. Um, but that but that's where we are. I, it's and, and we've talked to people again. Joe Maloof was one of them. He very confidently stated the value of these teams is just going to go up. And I kind of pumped his brakes a little bit, right? I was like, well, Joe, if the media can, or if for any reason, if the you have diminution in viewership, or I mean, the NBA is looking at another 2x, 3x, does it end? And if it does, what happens to the valuations? Are there warning signs? Are there concerns? What gives you pause? Because we have not seen an upside down sale. What gives you pause that maybe this seemingly endless appreciation ends, pauses, dips, I don't know. 
But I mean, are you comfortable coming in? The risks are getting greater the more you pay every time. No question, and and, and you're right about the the where women's sports right now fit there. It's it's it, it's lower price points, so it's it's open to to a lot more people. I also think, Scott, if you were take away the the total dollar figures, just a return on investment percentage wise, if I told you you had to put your money somewhere and sell in five years and capture just the percentage, uh, the percentage appreciation. Uh, I think NWSL is is probably right in that conversation, right? About you know, j- in terms of again, just growth. It's on beating your money my Marcus by right Goldman now. Sachs five percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. All right. Well, then maybe uh, I made a mistake. I should I should have invested in the Bay Area Club historically. Right, right now, is. I got the money in the Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Thank you, David <laughs> Solomon. <laughs> Yeah, your money market account, maybe not appreciating in the way that, that a lot of sports teams uh, are. But yeah, just a few years ago. And but I don't have any risk. But I don't have any risk. Way less risk. You're, you're <laughs> absolutely right there. Um, just a few years ago, NWSL teams were selling for single million, right? And now it seems like multiple, multiple, multiple tens of millions, 53 for the for the new expansion fees. Uh, that's the new bench set, right? So you know, appreciation-wise, significant growth. Every time I, I see one of the events on TV, I really love watching. Everybody's given viewership numbers. Like it comes out right away. I'm like Oklahoma in the College World Series, and we uh-huh. saw like the loves backing another great story by Emily Karen explaining the finances behind that program. You, you get the, the the Women's World Series, and we're saying, okay, how many million people watch that? The volleyball we know is going gangbusters. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting when you sort of separate the the women's NCAA Final Four now. Look at how much attention they got there. Um, I believe it was um, Jimmy Pitaro was talking about it's getting a lot harder for us to have to keep these women's sports. They were just thinking about the main things like the NBA and the appreciation there. Like, uh uh-oh, look at what's happening here. Good news, bad news. Good news is more people are watching. It's great for us. Bad news is we got to pay for it. It's not, it's not the easiest thing to do, and Epinovi Williams is not helping. That's the problem here. <laughs> Hype man here. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's 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 really true, and 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 we're going to see this come to I think stark relief at some point soon with the NCAA's championship deal. Right, the, that that ESPN deal is coming up. There's been a lot of talk about spinning off the women's basketball tournament. The the argument against doing that, Scott, is that it devalues all the other things like. Uh, Women's uh, softball World Series, like the men's uh, college World Series, like the women's volleyball, all that. But all those properties are seeing huge jumps, right? Women's volleyball, softball, women's college lacrosse uh, viewership-wise has done really well for ESPN. I think the, the other parts of that package that a lot of people kind of consider as you know worth zero dollars because of the cost it takes to 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 produce them. Um, I also think are 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 starting to show actual value uh, for ESPN and also for whoever may be next in line as well. I know Williams. I have to go, and you know why. Uh, we got a big event coming up that you're. Well, going we have to. an event, but that's not why. Uh, Emily uh, Karen, the aforementioned Emily Karen, is hungry, hmm. and uh, luckily I, I have been at Marriott forever, so I have the lovely platinum status. <laughs> and the the executive, I would say, the executive lounge at the LA Live Marriott aces. No I was free down ads. There. Oh, yeah, no very free good, ads, very Scott. good. So I messaged Emily. I'm like, hey, I'm having breakfast. At, you know, that was earlier. I was up early. Uh, so she, she's like, okay, come let me in the lounge. <laughs> Can't have her hungry on event day. He is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I'm Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She too is out here for the women's event. See you soon. Cora or Carrot Top, whatever you are on Twitter. Uh, I know you love it when I remind everybody that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. 